Welcome to the Run, Eat, Repeat podcast, sharing a rundown of tips and strategies to live healthier and happier in a fun way. Now, here's your host, Monica Olivas. Today, I'm sharing five questions to ask yourself when you want to quit or skip your workout. We're going to figure out if it is better to push yourself or to give yourself a break and what that means for your training. And I have some bad news today. So just a heads up, if you were having an emotionally challenging day, you might want to listen to this later because I don't even know how I'm going to share this news. I haven't really put a ton of thought into this, but trigger warning, if you are in a sensitive place that we're going to have a little bit of a downer, but hopefully I'm going to give you some resources to help you out before I give you bad news. Hey, let me introduce myself in case you're new here. I don't want that to be our first interaction. My name is Monica and I created runeatrepeat.com, a site to document training for my first marathon and trying to lose weight. The site grew and my love for running grew and my love for eating stayed the same. And it's all grown into a huge community online and now this podcast. So thanks for listening. I'm excited you're here. Let's start out with the warm up. Okay, the warm up today is the bad news. It's better just to lead with the bad news, right? Get it out of the way. That's what we're going to do. But if nothing else, maybe it'll give us some, or us, me, some warm memories. Because um, Vegas, my cat, roommate, intern, partner in crime, sometimes backup vocals on this podcast has went to kitty heaven. He passed away. Um, are you supposed to say passed away for a pet? This is the first time I'm kind of talking about this out loud. Anyways, so Vegas died last week. And I wanted to share it with you guys because it's sad. And he has been on the podcast. It's kind of funny. I used to record the show. Um, I had, I've moved around a lot trying to figure this out. And you can tell it's been a bumpy journey. Thank you for being on this journey with me. But I would record the podcast from my room for a while just because it had the best acoustic situation. And I would bring my laptop and I have a big fancy podcast mic over to the dresser, set it all up and record the show. And this was obviously very odd. It's not something I do often where I am basically talking to the wall and Vegas would come jump up on the bed that was nearby and just sit up there at attention and meow at me. And I know that sometimes you could hear him. So it was kind of funny. I think he just wanted me to interview him or he wanted to know why I was talking at the wall. Maybe he thought I had lost my shit, but He's been on the show and I've talked about him a lot. And I've also very oddly talked about sad stuff on the podcast more than I think on my blog ever and more than on social media. Because when I started the show, it was around the same time when my grandma passed away and I have just kind of, I feel organically shared different things about, you know, life. And that's kind of what, not to get on a big tangent, I love about the podcast is I feel like it's very 
conversational and we're kind of hanging out while you run or while you're doing something. And I feel like I'm just talking to a friend, which leads me sometimes to spill my guts about things. This is one of them, my cat dying. And I don't want to be a downer for you, but I did want to talk about this because like I said, I have talked about loss and grief and death and processing heartbreak in the past. And I wanted to share some resources that might help you if you are going through this. I have actually, maybe I'm getting good at this. Um, I I feel like I am a-okay. It is weird though. And I had listened a while back to, I just happened to hear a TED talk about heartbreak. And I think I had heard a certain author, it was the same guy who'd written a book called How to Fix a Broken Heart by Guy Winch. And he was on a couple of shows. I think I might've looked into this after I had to put my dog down earlier this year. And he kind of references pet loss and the breakup that's not like a divorce as these really big traumatic losses in our lives that though the people around us don't necessarily offer as much sympathy and support as in another situation. When a family member dies, you know, people are often trying to reach out with their condolences or to be there for you or to check on you. Or if you are getting a divorce, if it's like a really, you know, big breakup. And sometimes people don't get that same support if it is the loss of a pet or if it is a breakup that other people don't really acknowledge as being as traumatic. And those are still really big things. And it's kind of funny because when I heard him talk about this, and I'm trying to think, I I think he talked about the pet loss on a podcast. And I will put a link to his TED Talk and the book, How to Fix a Broken Heart, in the show notes so you can check it out. But I thought it was really interesting. And I wasn't really in a bad place or processing it. I was just kind of listening to it from a neutral place, not an emotional place. And he had some really good points about pet loss being very traumatic because it's such a constant in your life. So when you lose a pet that was, you know, this little fur ball of love that you interacted with every day, there's a void. It's a very obvious void and it's weird. And then it feels very empty and sad And even though it is not necessarily a person, oftentimes we lose people we don't necessarily live with or see or talk to every day. And it's really hard and heartbreaking. But that still is the situation when you lose a pet. And it's more obvious, these little interactions that we have. And I did notice that that even the things that used to annoy me about Vegas, I miss them now. And I'm able to kind of talk about it. I think I'm processing it really well, but I just wanted to acknowledge this and share because I know that depending on what the loss is, what your previous experiences are, where you are in your life, that sometimes things just hit us. They hit us later or they hit us harder. And so, like I said, I will put a link in the show notes to How to Fix a Broken Heart, his book, Uh, And also an article called Five Reasons We Should Take the Loss of a Pet Seriously. And another good book that I listened to a while back, and to be completely honest, I never finished it. I think it started to get, it started to lose me a little bit, but in the beginning, it was really good. 
is option B, facing adversity, building resilience, and finding joy by Sheryl Sandberg, who lost her husband very unexpectedly and writes about that. And that's available on audiobook. If you're listening to the podcast, you might like audiobooks. So there's that. But I just wanted to share the news of Vegas and also share that it really sucks. And um, it's kind of this funny thing that I'm trying to keep in perspective because a friend had pointed this out to me after he or around the time he was going to have to put down his dog that he really loved. And it's this odd thing that we sign up for this. When you get a pet, you realize oftentimes that their time on earth is less than ours. And even if you are to get a cat that you found, a kitten that you found at the bank, because I found Vegas when he was a kitten, um, you get this set amount of time before you have to tell them bye. And obviously he had a really good life and I'm glad and grateful that I've got to spend so much time with him. Uh, but it is weird that on one hand, I feel like not that we should accept it, but it's like you realize that this is what happens, right? And it's just still so heartbreaking um, when you have to say goodbye to a pet or a person that you love. So I wanted to give you a heads up about Vegas and then there will be links in the show notes if you need some resources along these lines. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Or if you are an expert on this and have any suggestions, if you have looked into all of these things and just know the best books to read and things to listen to, feel free to chime in and you can leave those in the show notes too. So we can help each other out because I appreciate that. I hope that wasn't too much of a downer. I was kind of actually a little hesitant to share because I've, as Vegas has gotten older, because I've had Vegas as long as I've had the blog, he's been on it. And over the last six months or so, he's been on less. He's just is less active in general. He's just gotten older and he was kind of getting like sick and just not into being super interactive as much. So he had been on less on Instagram less for sure. And people were asking about him. And so when he died, I was like, I felt like I was giving bad news to someone that really loved him. And I know there was a lot of people that reached out that were just huge fans of him. So they're, I mean, they're long gone because they were just here for the Vegas stuff, but maybe they can check out those resources if they're having a hard time with it. Okay, that's enough of that. Let's get to the main event. Now I'm going to share some tips on how to know when to push yourself during a workout or run versus when to pull back, when to kind of give yourself a break. And these are five questions to ask yourself to know if you are kind of slacking off versus if you are extending yourself some grace and this is the best thing for you. There will be info in the show notes so you can go through this checklist, maybe pull up the site and screenshot it if this happens often to you or if you need to reference it because this is a really hard thing, especially when you're training and you feel like you want to stick to your training plan, right? But your body or your mind or something is going on that interferes with your running or makes you feel like you can't or shouldn't do a workout. And then we feel guilty. And there's this added pressure on it. 
you shouldn't feel guilty for extending yourself grace if you are being really honest with yourself and honest with your goals and doing your best. And sometimes it's hard to know if you are doing your best when you are tired or sore or, you know, are just kind of getting mixed signals from your body, but feel peer pressure or feel your training plan kind of stressing you out. Let's look at these questions, go through this list and have a more neutral understanding of if you should give yourself a break or if you should suck it up buttercup and push through. First, you want to ask yourself, is it my mind or my body that wants a break? And a good way to kind of start this off is to do a head to toe scan of your body and assess if there is any body part that is extremely fatigued, extremely sore, potentially giving you signs of injury or something kind of nagging, like a like just like a nagging injury or previous injury or weakness that you need to pay attention to. If there's a piece of gear that you are wearing that is uncomfortable or giving you problems, if you are potentially not fueled well or dehydrated or having stomach issues, do a head to toe scan and stop anywhere that you think needs attention or has a tendency to give you problems or is kind of aching you or you're concerned about and check in with that and ask yourself if, is this just, I'm tired, maybe I'm sore, I am not getting enough rest, or is this just maybe more a mental thing? And when you check in with yourself physically first and check in with any part of your body that potentially is prone to injury or that you want to be extra mindful of, if that is all clear, then you can kind of figure out what is going on in your head that might be pushing you to quit or to skip a workout. And I think that's a really good place to start because it is very true And it seems weird, logically, when you think about how can running be such a mental thing, but you can really mess yourself up when you are putting self-doubt in the mix of something that is physically challenging. So when you are able to check in with your head, neck, shoulders, like I am really saying, get detailed with it and check in with all of your different pain points or body parts and cross it all off the list so that you know for sure I am okay physically to keep doing this, but maybe there is something else going on. And it could be that you are not physically fit enough or you're not as fit as maybe you were before or what you need to be to complete this workout. That can be a thing, but as long as nothing on your body is legit in an injury situation or sore to the point where your running form is really compromised, which can lead to an injury and you are wearing gear that is comfortable and not really hurting you, then you can tackle the mental aspect of it. Number two, you want to ask yourself, is this an exception to the rule or pretty common in my current training cycle? Look at what do the last few weeks of your training look like? 
what does your training plan overall for whatever you're working on right now look like? Are you being consistent? And if the answer is yes, then maybe you do need a break and it is okay to take a mental break. Even after you do that head to toe scan, if physically you are okay, but there's just still something that is kind of getting in your way of really getting in a good workout that day, again, extend yourself some grace, but be honest with how your training is going overall. And I don't think it's necessarily even something you should zoom in on like this week, because you could be having a hard week and it could be that you're very busy. So you are missing a workout because of other stress and situations in life time-wise, right? So your schedule isn't really working out or you could be sick. You could just not be feeling great. Your body can be telling you that it needs a little bit of extra rest or you could be feeling like you're getting sick. And I think these are all good reminders that we need to be very self-aware and also just very honest. Look at potentially If you are not being consistent with your workouts, if you seem to be wanting to skip a lot of them, is this the right training plan for you? Maybe you use this plan in the past when you were more fit. Maybe right now you're coming back from something. Maybe it's too easy and you're bored. Whatever it is, you just want to be honest with where you are fitness-wise. And if you are consistently getting in your workouts and or you're getting them in enough that it's good for you. I, as a general rule, am like 80-20 in life. 80% of the time I try to eat healthy, 20% of the time I am a-okay with basically poisoning my body with shit. Like I will eat whatever practically if I think that it tastes good and I want it. I'm fine. I'm a-okay with that. I don't want to live forever. What for? I'm going to be the only one here hanging out by myself doing a podcast who, who knows? Are we all going to be doing this when we're 112? I don't know. But I have some bad news. I'm not going to be here because 20% of the time I will eat donuts reheated in the microwave six at a time. Okay? God bless it. So I am okay. That was a fun little tangent about donuts. I really want a donut, actually. And I was going to get one earlier today, but the donut place that I go to is closed. They close at three, but sometimes they close earlier if they sell out. Fun fact, back to this topic. I'm okay with 80%. 80% of the time getting in my workouts, 20% of the time potentially um, taking it easier or focusing on something else. So that is an okay balance for me. What is it for you? And you just want to check in with yourself and be honest. If most of the time you are getting in your workouts as they are written in whatever training plan that you either put together for yourself or that you are using, then this is an exception to the rule and might be okay. Extend yourself some grace and just be honest about that balance and keep it in perspective, big picture. Number three, ask yourself, how does this impact my goals? Number three, ask yourself, how does this impact my goals? For this question, you kind of want to think about what are you working towards right now? And keep in perspective, what do you want long term? If you are going after your big, scary, hairy goal right now, chasing it down, and every, like it's this training plan and this training cycle that really matters, that's your big goal. 
how does skipping this workout or cutting it short or opting for an easier workout instead, how does this impact the goal that you are chasing down? If the goal that you are chasing down is right now you're training for a half marathon and in six months you want to train for a PR half marathon or you're training for a half right now and you have a goal marathon down the road that you're going to really hunt down. How does this impact that? Because you want to keep in perspective as well that if your goal is to cross the finish line of a race healthy and you tend to be injury prone, then maybe doing the workout might kind of exacerbate something that you're trying to heal up or it might push you over to the point where you are injured. That's not going to be helpful for your goal long term. So it's not always pushing through is going to get you to your goal. You have to be smart and you have to run smart and you have to take care of your body in a smart way. So assess how pushing through this workout, making yourself show up and really do the best you can in whatever workout you are thinking about kind of switching up. How is this going to impact my goal long term? Is it going to help my body? Is it going to potentially contribute to my success? Or could it contribute negatively to my training, my running, my health, um, all of those things? Check that in mind and move forward from there. Number four, ask yourself, have I done this workout before? If so, what was different then? If not, what stood in my way? If this is a run or workout that you just keep skipping for whatever reason, or you need to run 12 miles and you keep cutting it short. So then next weekend, you're trying to run 12 miles again. Why is this happening? Is it that you don't think you can? There's a mental block there, or you get bored, or you're not fueled properly, If you have never hit this workout before and it seems like you're about to bail on it again, you need to start figuring it out. Take out some notes, look at your history, see what you are doing right and what you are doing wrong. If you have done this workout in the past successfully, then you realize that you are physically capable of doing it. Are you not in the same shape as you were when you've done it successfully in the past? Are you not in the same mental place where maybe that's a challenge for you? Kind of remembering that you are able to do this, you have done it before, is a big confidence booster. I really think there is nothing like doing something to make yourself believe in you and believe in what you're capable of, which is definitely challenging to do. But I literally did not think I could run a full marathon until I did it. I doubted until I crossed the finish line. I literally had my cell phone with me thinking there's a good chance I will call 911 because I'm going to die today. I so didn't believe I was able to do it. At the same time, Once I did it, there was nothing like that. Like no pep talk in the world. Oprah could have put her hands on my shoulders and looked me in the eyes and said, you are going to do this. You get a marathon. You get a marathon. You get a marathon. I feel like I've done that before. Is that just my thing? Anyways, um, 
I wouldn't have believed it. It just, it didn't matter. I really was so doubtful. At the same time, there's nothing like doing it. And so if you realize that you have been able to accomplish this in the past, that might be enough for you to push yourself and believe in yourself if there is kind of a mental block or maybe you're not physically in the same place and you are asking things of yourself that today, fitness-wise, you're not able to do. But assessing if you have done this before and how you were successfully able to do that, be it you were more disciplined in training, you were doing different cross-training, you were fueling differently, those are very you know important reminders and clues and training notes to keep in mind when you are trying to push yourself. And if you haven't done in the past, visualizing yourself crushing a workout that is very challenging for you is super inspirational, helps you believe in yourself. And then also kind of using those training notes to figure out what has it taken in the past to help you do something that was challenging that you didn't think you could do. I think both of those ways you can utilize visualization So it's kind of you helping to self-motivate and believe in yourself. And then also actual notes and tips and tricks and things that you have learned along the way about your body and what you need to do to help you really do well and succeed in, in a run or a workout, whatever you're working on. And along with that, asking yourself as part B to this one, have I done this before? If you did, How did it help you succeed? How did it contribute to your training, your confidence, your fitness, or did it hurt you? Did you push yourself to this point and end up getting injured or having some sort of negative experience and acknowledging if doing this workout again, and it kind of goes back to, is this going to help you or hurt you long-term? Being honest about that and setting yourself up for success with just being smart about how you are treating your body and how you are pushing it and learning from things you've done in the past. If you have done a similar workout in the past and you think that that is why you PR'd before, or if you've done a workout in the past and you think, well, that's what pushed me over for an injury, not that it's going to happen again necessarily, but how can you be smarter and kinder to your body? What do you need to do to recover or to warm up, or to cross train, or to potentially strengthen any weakness that will overall make sure that you are as healthy, fitness wise, and mentally healthy to help you long term in your running and make you more confident. A lot of this is about physically, obviously helping yourself get stronger. And, you know, faster or have more endurance, whatever your goal is, but you really want to make sure that you are building yourself up psychologically as well and making good choices for that. Number five, ask yourself, is this quitting or being kind? Are you quitting, bailing, failing on yourself, whatever you want to call it, or are you being kind to yourself? Are you extending yourself some grace? And this applies to your physical fitness, and your mental health. If you are just in a place where it's just, it's not your day, there's a lot going on. And the added pressure of 
having to crush a very challenging workout is making you stressed and crazy. Cut yourself some slack. That's A, the hell okay. If potentially pushing through this workout is going to cause an injury or cause some sort of setback physically, then it's not quitting. And I think I use this word because it's something that people ask me a lot. Um, What do you do when you want to quit? What do you do when you don't want to run or you want to cut a run short? Or I, I, I just, I keep wanting to say quit, like, like quit, fail, whatever. Oftentimes when you don't finish a race or finish a workout, we call it quitting, right? Or failing. There are these very negative words with it. And when you keep it in perspective of what does this mean for me physically and mentally, if it is going to cause more damage than good, don't do it. You're not doing yourself a favor by trying to be a hero and pushing your body to this place where you are going to trigger an injury physically or trigger burnout. You know, this is sometimes what happens where we do these long training cycles for different races and you could be training for, you know, four months for a 10K. And if you've been very hard on yourself or if for whatever reason, you just tend to be very stressed and anal about training, then yeah, along with crossing the finish line and having all of the physical fatigue from the whole training cycle and the race, you're going to have potentially some mental fatigue and you're going to need to recharge on that. So really being honest with yourself on, am I quitting or is this potentially a kindness? Because I do feel like I'm starting to hate running or I do feel like I'm getting super burnt out and I might just bail on all of this. It's better to skip out on one workout than to potentially just quit the whole training plan, mostly because races cost so much. And if you've already signed up, I say, figure it out. (laughs) But beyond that, I think that extending yourself some grace can really count for a lot as long as you're being honest with, is this happening all the time? And it goes back to that first question to ask yourself, is this an exception to the rule or is this constant? You know, I think a good check-in for a lot of different things actually is to figure out what you would want to do or say or how you would help your eight-year-old self or, you know, some kind of child version of yourself that you want to be healthy and you want to be happy, but you also want to help them achieve their goal, right? So constantly letting your eight-year-old self slack off isn't going to help them achieve their goal. And it's not going to help them be better and be proud of themselves and build up their self-esteem. And if you want to help them that way, you're going to try to give them good advice, but never at the risk of them hurting themselves, right? You want to protect them and find this balance. And that's what we have to do when we are pushing ourselves physically when we're fueling ourselves, trying to find a balance of this is nutritious for you, but I also like how happy you get when you eat a cupcake 
And I don't want to let you have all cupcakes because that's not going to make you feel good. But I also don't want to make you eat all Brussels sprouts because I want you to, you know, have this happy balance in life. And it applies to a lot of things that we're trying to balance where you just kind of want the best thing for yourself. And it's hard sometimes if you have a tendency to have a very harsh inner critic or dialogue and you are comparing yourself to other people because, I mean, it is hard not to on social media. We're being honest, right? And we're being on, like, I'm having a conversation with you right now. I feel like you're talking back to me, but I think we talk a lot. I'm saying this because we talk a lot about don't compare, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. I completely believe it. I really try not to compare myself, but it is hard. And when we're hanging out and I'm talking in your ear as you're actually running, you might hear something that I'm saying, if I tell you how many miles I ran this week or something else, it's hard not to just kind of reference what you're doing lately, whether or not you even want to, you don't intend it to be a comparison thing, but it's just hard not to when we are sharing this information and you're seeing different people's accomplishments or what they're training for, or them crushing a goal. Um, it's just, it's things around us and you have to be aware, right? Of the things that you are taking in, in on TV or on social media or the people that you hang around and just realizing that you need to check yourself and ultimately do the best thing for yourself. Sometimes that's hard to do. So if you think of yourself as a kid that just has a goal that you want to help them accomplish, you're going to help them accomplish it in a way that is kind, but also helpful, right? Kind and coaching. I guess it's like kind coaching where you are coaching yourself. There are times where you for sure need to push and need to tell yourself, get it together. I have told myself, get it together, Monica, get it together. And other times I'm like, well, this is what I had today. This is that that was the best I could do. And you have to learn your body really well and be honest with yourself and know when your body is telling you that physically, hey, heads up, something's wrong here versus, hey, heads up, I don't want to do this. And that's different for everyone. So again, that's why I kind of have to be vague and just give you some basic questions to ask yourself because sometimes it might be too effing bad, get it done. And other times it might be, okay, that's fine. We will show up tomorrow and we'll crush it tomorrow. So that was it. Those are the five questions. Like I said, that will be in the show notes at runeatrepeat.com. So you can check it, write it down, take a picture, do whatever you need to do to be awesome. Hope it was helpful. Now it's time for the awards. So this week in the Instagram stories box, I got a question about recommending podcasts that were similar to my own. And I started to compile a list and screenshot kind of what is in my downloads or my subscribes and realized that it's a lot. And I didn't want to half-ass it. Never 
half-ass anything. Always put your full ass in. So just a heads up, that is coming very soon. And I'm excited about it because I have a lot of very random, but potentially entertaining suggestions for you. And for now, I just wanted to share the audiobooks that I've been listening to most recently. I use Audible. There might be other ways to do it. Apparently, sometimes what they do as another option is they use like paper and they write all the words on it. And you can get it at your house or at a library. You hold it. You just read the stuff as if it's like a long text message, but on paper. However, I just do the audiobook. I even have an audio Bible podcast that's hard to highlight. And also I fall asleep during it. That's another thing that I have to work out between me and the Lord. But for now, I am listening Hey, maybe this means I'm a good listener. Anyways, (laughs) the awards today are my most recent audiobook picks that I am kind of digging. I have a lot of audiobooks as well. I do the monthly thing where I get one every month. And these are the ones that I actually listen to through the end. Because as I was looking through my suggestions, there are a lot that I won't finish because I get bored or distracted like the audiobook that I mentioned in the beginning, where it really is a really good book. Option B, to be honest, I just think, I don't know, maybe I was okay. Maybe I listened to it for a while. And I was like, okay, yes, I agree with this. I'm on board. And I don't know. I'll finish listening to it. But let's move on. I have listened to recently, I'm fine and other lies by Whitney Cummings. I thought it was good. It she's a comedian. And it was just kind of stories of her her life and different things. And since she's a comedian, it was a little humorous. I wouldn't full on call it funny. I didn't laugh. I don't think she was trying to be very funny. It's like witty and it is entertaining for sure. And a lot of it is like lighthearted. Um, and I like that she reads it. I really love when the person that wrote it reads it if they are a famous person, because I just, I like that. So I really liked that she read her book and I did find it entertaining. So I, I dig that. And it is, I feel, I feel like the Heather McDonald, who she has a podcast books were a little bit more funny, but she's a little bit more like in your face with the funny. I don't know how helpful that was of a description, not helpful at all. Let's move on. Let Your Mind Run by Dina Castor. Really good. Highly recommend. Why Won't You Apologize by Harriet Lerner. This is just, I mean, I feel like it's a therapy book. I don't know how else to describe it. It's a therapy book that I, it was suggested to me. It was like suggested titles. I feel like was suggested on accident based on something else I had listened to. I don't know. You know, these they suggest you things like you say, hey, I'm out loud in your house that you're thinking about getting a purple yoga mat. And then that will be the suggestions and the ads you see the next day. It's really crazy, but also kind of helpful because now I can just say out loud what I want. I don't even have to Google it or look on Amazon. I just try to be very specific and hope that Amazon figures it out for me and suggests it to me. 
You know, that's a life hack. I'm not weirded out. Go ahead. They can listen. But even if you're not into therapy books, I felt like this book was awesome. I think the title kind of suggests that you are struggling with someone in your life or people in your life that don't apologize to you. But that's not the case for me. A. B. It taught me how to apologize, which I think is really important. And it was just, it is really funny that I listened to this book and I'm like, I don't know why it was suggested to me. I don't need this book, but I would recommend it because I think this is really important. And realizing too that when you are asking someone for an apology, they're, they might be defensive. Like you were kind of coming at them with a criticism or a hurt or something. And it's not someone's first reaction to say, I'm sorry, you're right about a topic or an interaction that is really hurtful, you know, and just kind of realizing that like your expectation for someone's apology and then how to apologize, never kind of justifying it. I found it wildly insightful. I don't know, maybe I was just at a a place in my life where I was super open to this information. I feel like it has changed a lot about how I acknowledge someone else's feelings. So I found it helpful. And again, super random, but it is what it is. Finally, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight is the story of Nike. Loved it. It was suggested to me by a guy friend. So I I think this is like, I mean, I feel like why won't you apologize? It's kind of like a girl thing. Like this is a therapy book. Let's talk about our feelings and apologizing. Shoe Dog by Phil Knight is basically his story of starting Nike. It's a true story, which I love. And it is very interesting and a lot of stuff that I didn't know. So I dig it and highly recommend for anyone, whether or not you are a runner or into shoes or into shoe dogs, I dig it, recommend. And that is the awards for today. Like I said, I'll be coming soon with some podcast recommendations. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe. And if you have a minute, rate the show millions and Brazilians of stars because it really helps other people find it. Or you can mention it to someone else that might dig it. If you have a question for me, you can leave a voicemail at 562-888-1644. Or you can email me run eat repeat at gmail.com. I super appreciate you listening. Have a great run. Thank you for listening. For show notes, recipes, discounts, and more, go to www.runeatrepeat.com. You can also connect with Monica on Instagram by following at run eat repeat and on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash run eat repeat. Be sure to subscribe to the show and please rate and review in your podcast app.